Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code REDBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. This time on Holy Smokes Catholic Review, stuff and more stuff. It is Holy Smokes Catholic Review, Father Scott. And uh, I mentioned there'll be some stuff on this podcast. Uh, I get it. Stuff isn't a word. Or should I say it ain't a word, but ain't ain't a word either. So... I should say ain't isn't a word, and stuff isn't a word, at least I don't think so. Uh, Stuffing is a word. Stuffing, you know what that is? It's the stuff that you and I will have on our plates this Thanksgiving, provided Thanksgiving isn't canceled because of the pandemic. Everything's getting canceled. Uh, but, um, so if it's not canceled, then you and I, this Thanksgiving will have stuffing on our plates. Yum, yum. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the word stuff, which isn't a word at all, uh, I like to use because the teachers at the school at which I'm a chaplain are forever correcting the children when the children say stuff or use that word, which isn't a word, stuff. And uh, so I like to use that that word that isn't a word, stuff, uh, because it gets under the skin of the teachers, which uh, not a very nice thing to do, I admit. Uh, hey, two weeks away now from the election, and a reminder to you, a reminder to you that um, you have a duty to vote, okay? So if you're not registered, get registered. If you're 18 or over, and go vote. Uh, I voted early at the Sandoval County um, Courthouse and uh, walked right in 10 minutes. So I walked in, uh, you know, I showed my ID, got the ballot, said hi to some people, filled it out, and then out the door I went 10 minutes. I was there, and if you wait till the last day, then you know you have to, it's going to be these big lines, so get registered if you're not already. Go vote. It's your duty, your civil duty. Okay, I'm going to dive right into the gospel, okay, and this is for the uh, 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A. Uh, By the way, Cycle A is coming to a close soon, so with the uh, beginning of Advent, then we will uh, change to cycle B, as you know, or you should know. We are on a three-year cycle of readings, so year B is coming up at the beginning of Advent. Uh, that is, if Advent is not uh, is going to be canceled, I don't know. Yeah, uh, let me check. Yeah, uh, doesn't look like it so far. Just making sure. Everything's getting canceled, so uh, Advent may or may not be canceled. I don't know. Um, But uh, if not, then we will begin cycle B. All right, so, okay, so uh, let's get right into this. And this is Matthew 22, 15 through 21. 
The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Okay, so there you have it. The Gospel for the 29th Sunday of Ordinary Time. That's right, you heard me. Ordinary so um, now uh, at the tail end of last Sunday's gospel, you might recall Jesus saying many are called, but few are chosen. So uh, how can we know? Here's my question to you. How can we know a chosen person when we meet that person? Well, the first thing I would say is this. The person is a lover. And by that, I mean a lover of God and lover of neighbor. Remember the two great commandments? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor is yourself. By the way, who's my neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Who's our neighbor? Our neighbor is that person who is even a stranger and even the enemy because our Lord said, pray for and love your enemies, okay? So love of God and love of neighbor, that's the two great commandments. So remember last Sunday... The gospel, and that's where we got this line, many are called, but few are chosen. It was at the tail end of this story, this para, parable that Jesus told about the wedding banquet and the king and who invited all these people. And at the end, the king walks into the wedding hall and he sees a man there dressed, not properly dressed in a wedding garment. So what is that wedding garment? It's love. We must clothe ourselves with love. So we know a person who is a lover. They are kind, generous, patient, quick to forgive, holy, pious, reverent. But also a chosen person is one who embraces the truth and lives according to the truth. And remember, truth is a person. God is truth. God is a person. He's the first person person of the trinity and god is the author of truth and the truth that god authored is a person the second person jesus christ jesus christ is the breath the breath of truth that god himself breathed the incarnation so jesus and if god is truth and jesus is god jesus is truth and jesus by the way you know he testified to himself saying i am the way the truth and the life so a person who embraces Jesus, who embraces truth, and every word, by the way, that Jesus spoke is truth. And Jesus, did you notice he sent his disciples out into the world? He didn't say to them, uh, go confirm people in paganism. He didn't say, go tell people, just tell people to be nice. That's good enough. He said, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them the people, everything I've commanded you, teach them. Okay? So, Jesus is the truth. He spoke the truth. 
And the person who embraces this truth, which is a person ultimately, lives by, worships, obeys, lives according to, that's a chosen person, all right? So to the gospel today, and uh, I'll start with a bit of an aside, has to do with the Herodians. You know, we hear about the Herodians. We hear about them only twice in the New Testament. So the Herodians were a sect within a sect known as the Hellenist. And the Hellenists were known for mixing the Jewish religion with some Greek customs. So within this sect of Hellenists was a, a subsect. They were known as the Herodians, and the Herodians fought for Jewish independence. Their goal was to one day see King Herod rule the Jews and not uh, uh, Caesar. Okay. Uh, now, again, they're mentioned only twice. I mentioned that. Uh, they are seen each time standing alongside the Pharisees when the Pharisees were questioning Jesus. So the Herodians, like the Pharisees, they did not, they were not fans of the person of Jesus Christ. They didn't like him. And why? Well, they were jealous. Envy, you know. Because, you know, the Pharisees, think about these guys, these Pharisees and Sadducees. Oh, everybody was like, oh, you know, he's a Pharisee. Uh, well, guess what? When Jesus came along, guess who the people followed? Jesus. So these guys, they were jealous and envious. So here's the killer. They knew Jesus to be a, a, a truthful man. It's in the, you know, in in the text we just heard. We know that you are a truthful man and that you've come to teach the truth according to God. But they were trying to kill him. So they acknowledged they knew he was a truthful man, yet they were trying to kill him. Because they were jealous. You know, I'm reminded, by the way, of King Herod, who had John beheaded, even though he knew John to be a holy man sent from God or sent by God, you know. Uh, but you know what? King Herod... He had this inordinate passion to be honored. He wanted to be so honored that he, and rather than lose favor with the young girl and her mother and then the invited guests, we all know the story. He had John put to death so that he wouldn't lose honor, the honor of these people. Oh, they loved him, you know, and he's so great, you know, King Herod, woo woo. Uh, he didn't want to lose their favor, so he had... A person he knew was from God and was a holy man. That would be John. He had him beheaded. Okay, so in this case, in the gospel that we have today, Her uh, the Herodians uh, and, you know, Pharisees, <laughs> they knew Jesus to be a truthful man, yet they wanted to kill him. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's the truth, you know. So, you know, I don't know. You know, we were created by our God to, we have an innate desire. We just, it's just within us. We want to know the truth. Uh, you know, it's why we long time ago built ships and crossed the ocean to see what's out there. We build these ships, you know, rocket ships and probes to go to distant planets because we want to know what's out there. But yet what God has revealed his truth, we hate it. It's just so hated, you know, his teaching, his truth is hated. The truth concerning the dignity of human life, how life is sacred from the moment of conception to natural death. It's hated. Don't believe me? Get yourself booked on The View and uh, as a guest. OK, and then you can you can teach the women of The View 
what the church teaches concerning the sacredness of, of life in the womb, they'll run you off. The audience, they'll, they'll throw a, you know lettuce at you. They'll throw vegetables at you. You will be hated. Because not only is the truth hated, but the speaker of the truth is hated. Okay? Uh, what the church teaches concerning marriage, that's a truth that's so hated today, especially. Um, the Sixth Commandment, which directs a person to chastity and, and uh, purity. Man, that's, yeah, not only hated, but discarded altogether. Most people don't even know what it teaches and don't care. And many people who do know hate that teaching. So it's so hated today. But you know what? Here's the danger. When we reject the truth, and since God is truth, all right, uh, when we reject the truth, when we reject God, we reject his truth. And you know what? We begin to unravel. There's a price to pay. And perhaps we are now paying that price. Everything we're seeing happen. Maybe, maybe it's all part of it. I don't know. Uh, I do know this, though, and this has to do with our first reading. Um, it, in the first reading uh, from this past Sunday's Mass, the Lord God reminding uh, all of us that he is God. And the same God reminds us elsewhere, uh, saying to us, look, be still and know that I am God. So just a little note to all of us in the midst of all the craziness going on before we get too excited. Remember, we must just remain still and know that we are God. Who's in charge of the whole show here? It's the Lord. Okay, the devil's having his day, but who is in command? The Lord God. So let us not forget this. Okay, and you know what? Let's just pray. When I'm praying, I, I just didn't envision myself being enveloped by the Lord God himself. And it's not just some lofty thought. It's a reality. It really does happen that he envelops me. When you pray, he envelops you. Okay. So we get all excited, you know, everything going on and pandemic and political divide and everything else. Well, God, our God is in command. Just remember that. Okay. Very cool. That's it. And now let's bring in the boys. Tony man. Hey. 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 Um, hey. Yeah. Good first segment there, bro. Yeah. Thank that you very much. That was really much. good. Yeah. You like? Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I thought those were some pretty salient points. Thank you. Those points were the best practices. Yeah. They were the, they were the hard hitting and And facts. a good setup to you they were and, hard -hitting and, facts. and to Will whenever Will gets here. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Will gets here. Well, you know, I did, uh, I did understand or find out from him that things have gone actually quite well for him at Annie's antibacterials so much so that he's of course you know we all know Will's a little bit younger and his generation's kind of popular for creating things and and um creating putting well. creative spins on things well I guess him and, and Annie uh had a conversation after she was complimenting him for his work you know he went around he's the one that goes around and cleans all the doorknobs is he dating Annie I don't, well, I don't know if he's that good in with his boss <laughs> I think that would might preclude him from working there but well she's, what, what, she's also 72 years old but the fact that she's 72 yeah. would yeah that would change the picture well so what he ended up as a result of that conversation was a new division of Annie's antibacterials. It's called Annie's artisanal antibacterials. Uh, artisanal? Like, yeah. Uh, like they, well, they're, they're making flavored antibacterial now. 
just in case. Like, say, let's say you have those kinds of kids that do things like lick the walls and, you know, run their fingers through the mud and put them in their mouth. Not all kids were. Not all kids are like the kind of kids you were. Well, yeah, maybe not. But uh, so these artisanal antibacterials are um, come in different flavors yes like to, they, they just they're opening one up i have to um, look at that word artisanal antibacterials artisanal. and so while we don't recommend anybody for that matter to taste antibacterial products um annie makes one that's apparently perfectly safe to consume and um you know they've got one for the the fall called you know pumpkin spice they've got uh, bubble gum for the kids you know if you got a lot of kids around the house i mean if they're going to be licking the 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 doorknobs or whatever it is that yeah. kids do then at least they yeah. give them something that they'll enjoy yeah so will's off doing that um uh. <laughs> and um and so he'll be here shortly how uh how how are things you know we were talking earlier over dinner by the way speaking of pumpkin spice i had a pumpkin spice martini at matucci's <laughs> certainly recommended was i it, would but if you're going to order it order it as a, a dessert drink not as a not as an appetizer was it really flavor would it was, it was it absolutely that, it or literally maybe it was that from will's place that he's you know <laughs> it could have been a, i don't know if it's a martini or antibacterial annie's artisanal antibacterials either way it was delicious it tastes just like a um tastes just like a, a pump piece of pumpkin pie so there you go you that's my it. recommendation oh absolutely it, i would i it, would order it again did it give you a little buzz i would order it again no i wouldn't say it buzzed me i mean it had some vodka in it so for that sure. was at matucci's we had a little that pasta. Was the matucci's yeah we had a little and little so you had the uh, pumpkin uh that pumpkin the, spice and martini. the bar- bartendress uh she made that she, she invented, invented it. it. That's right. One of the bartenderses invented it. And right. she was telling me all the ingredients. And I was like, well, is there any vodka in this thing? Because there's like all kinds of different nutmeg and, you know, so forth, so on. Whatever you put into a pumpkin pie, basically that was in this drink. So she said it tasted like pumpkin pie. Did it taste like pumpkin pie? I, well, I just said it tasted just like a slice well, of I, pumpkin pie. I, I must have missed that part. <laughs> yeah, you missed the See, lot. I only, well, because I only listen to certain things you say. <laughs> oh, that does not. Surprise, surprise you yeah, yeah not in the least no so anyway so we were over there and i was getting the impression father that maybe you're experiencing some uh, covid fatigue is that a thing i'd like to see like some research done on dude i am so fatigued really and truly i think no matter what where you come from or how you're taking this this pandemic time i find myself growing fatigue yeah it's, these, it's uh, uh, and and then i have covid brain and i can't well, remember these are things and, these are unprecedented times yeah. these are and it's th- lack of activity yeah, no, I think it's too much you know, sitting around doing nothing. I think it's that's a huge piece of it. I think it's the concept of being locked down or locked in. I think it's um, I think it's the mental strain that comes with not knowing who to trust or who to listen to and all of this. Um, I think there's just a lot. I think it mostly is spiritual, emotional and mental fatigue. Certainly not physical fatigue. I mean, it's not like any of us are working mm-hmm. necessarily harder than we were before. If we so, were working hard before, we're working hard now. If we weren't, then we, we probably aren't now. But yeah. So I think it's affecting Will in that, you know, he gets off of work at five o'clock and uh, he needs time after work and it's almost eight o'clock. So he needs time. Well, his business is ramping up. I mean, well, who knows? You I mean, know, he gets off at five and it's almost eight o'clock. <laughs> you are. I mean, I'm You're saying so terrible. Well, no, it was true. You're I mean, just terrible. It's almost eight o'clock. So I, and he gets off at five, but I, he needs he needs a time. He, he needs he says, "Oh, I need time to be able to prepare." These young people. That's the way it is. These, these, you know. Yeah. Okay. That's why we're in trouble. That's the way these young people are. That's why it's the end of the world. I'm telling you. right Well, now. I don't know if it, that's the reason, but it is does seem like it's getting closer. Um, it feels that way. I would, I do wonder if um, if we'll go through something of a transformation of culture, society. 
earthly life. Um, Are you about to rant by any chance? No, I just know. I'm just saying, I'm just suggesting that there's enough spiritual energy that I sense that um, is out there during this time that seems like it could lead to some form of like the end of one era and the beginning of an era. Another. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would. Some agree. people say that it could be the end of the world. Some people no. say it could be the end of an era. Some it's, people say. I think if anything, it might likely be you know the Roman, like for instance, the Roman Empire had to end at some point. It mm-hmm. had to collapse, mm-hmm. and that probably took. It didn't just end overnight, but there, mm-hmm. there was probably like this breaking down mm-hmm. of the empire. It was the largest empire. Maybe in the well, history, of the, in the, history though, of the world. Didn't it start with a moral collapse? Oh, yeah. Political, moral. Yeah. Jeez, that sounds familiar. Ecclesial. Like, there was, well, I don't know. The church was actually growing during that time. Yeah. But it had to, but you wonder, yeah, there were, it wasn't all happy-go-lucky. I remember studying in church history that during the, the time of the persecutions, uh, not the first round, but the second or third round of Christian persecutions in the church. So we're talking second, third century. Um, there were many Catholics who were compromising. This is second, third century. Mm-hmm. There were many, it's in, it's in the history book. Oh, sure. There were many Catholics who were compromising. They would, they would, um, profess allegiance to the church and then they would go and profess allegiance to the emperor so as not to be killed. And then, uh, there are stories in the history books, whether or not they're told legendarily or not, don't know. Um, we presume they're true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what was what was affecting them. Whether was it spiritual or psychological? But either way, there's many stories, I guess, of those same people who were avoiding martyrdom by selling out to the empire, going to mass, and then presenting themselves for holy communion, and then choking on on the holy communion. And no, that, yeah, absolutely, it's historic. Like it's it's recorded history that these. And I think it was, it actually happened to a, a whole sort of them that had, um, been professed, uh, had been professed heretics, like had, had, had followed a heresy. Now we could say in the church today that there's probably, you know, a number of people that don't subscribe to the full teachings of the church and pray God we all do. And we have to go to confession, you know, to purify us and to get us on the right path and make sure that we are, you know, professing a pure faith too. Sure. So none of us is, is immune to this, but. So what was happening was a number of people were selling out to the empire. They were selling out to these heresies. And then they were at the same time kind of like living a double life. They'd go to mass, they'd attend Holy Mass, and they would receive communion, and then they would choke on communion. And at one point even, and you could look at this up, it's historical, the, the, the church authorities of this, you know, where this was happening were yeah. wondering if this was a sign. Yeah. When this occurred, was this a sign that these people were just psychologically conflicted and that's why they were having this adverse reaction sure or was it actually a spiritual sign that was telling of whether or not they had a pure heart right and be like well this person's choking on the host and therefore they must not have a pure heart and they ought to be you know confessed or they ought to be you know prayed over you know brought back into full purity of the faith Anyway, it's a fun little fact there. Yeah, well, when I was in the seminary, I remember a professor telling us, because, you know, there's this idea that some people have that uh, during times of persecution, the church gets stronger. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know what, that's not true, because in times of persecution, many Christians bail. 
because they yeah. want they want to save their lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so we got to be ready for that, right? Like there's going to be a number of people that sell out their the faith mm-hmm. um, to save their own hides, to save their own reputations, to um, you know, for a whole a host of things. And so, no doubt, like like you preached once, I remember, yeah, um, maybe a year ago, two years ago, came up in the scripture readings that Sunday. You were preaching about the existence of the wheat and the chaff together. Uh Uh, Even in our parishes, you know, wheat and chaff go together. We just got to make sure we're not on the chaff side. Now, one small rant I will make um, that came up this weekend in conversations with various people is that while we're, while we're kind of like making sure we're good, going to confession, receiving sacramental grace, receiving Holy Communion, it's not enough. I think that maybe one of the problems we've had in the church you know, in the, in the past many decades, maybe century, uh, is that we've been very self-focused. The spirituality that we've cultivated is, well, I'm good. I'm going to get to the grave and have my sacraments and make it through the gauntlet mm-hmm. of judgment. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was the system that our Lord foresaw when he founded a church that was made up of lots of people. Like, you know, and it seems that we, we, you know, we, we're, we're told many times that there are 10 commandments, three, which focus on God directly and seven that we focus on your neighbor mm-hmm. as a way of loving God, loving your neighbor is a sign that you love God. Mm-hmm. So there's more commandments that have to do with your neighbor than directly to God. So that being the case, maybe we ought to be in times like this, thinking about our neighbor and mm-hmm. thinking about what we can do for them. Can we pray for them? Can we well, encourage them? Can we bring them back to mass with us? Can we, can we, um, you know, can we just make sure that they're, that they're doing okay? I mean, how many times are these sad, tragic stories do we hear of times when people, either go off the deep end or, or leave the fold or whatever. And then, you know, you find out later there was some tragic end to that story. And it's like, well, what, what amount of accountability or complicity do we have in that story? If we are a body of Christ, then why aren't we reaching out, especially in people we know to keep, you know, to help keep them on board? Well, I noticed that at the beginning of the pandemic, people were helping people. Yeah. Everybody was coming together and all of a sudden now it's people are angry People yeah. are not friendly on the road. Yeah. People are short-tempered at the store, you know. Well, that's because you're you're always angry. Yeah, well. You're always angry on the road. I'm always angry on the road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, true. Yeah, that's true. But, but um, I but get listen, your point. No, yeah, I mean, but, like, but, but I think listen. more and more people have stopped. I think people have stopped being care, caring towards others. Well, people are tired of the pandemic and being locked up, right? Mm-hmm. That's one yeah. thing. Uh, but you know what? Our Lord told us, and especially in this time of uh, division politically, you know, if we can learn to love our enemies, then we will find it easy uh, to love friends. Okay. So, uh, you know, in this time of uh, division, political division, uh, you know what the best thing, and if we don't do this, we serve only the devil. So uh, it's for us to love persons of the other political persuasion, to love them no matter what. Right. And to pray for them and to reach out to them and not condemn, but to to love. This is what our Lord calls us to do. You know, you don't see a lot of that. But uh, so this is why we have to be Mm countercultural. We in the church. So, you know what? If they want to hate us, well, so be it. But we won't hate them because if we hate them back, then we are no better than they. Right. So we have to love no matter what. So our Lord, you know, he tells us, love your enemy. Okay, so if I belong to one political party, which I do, and 
the other uh, party is, you know, just, um, you know, uh, a position that totally contradicts my position. Well, you know, that's not a license for me to hate or to condemn. Right. Because I have a command from the Lord to love. That's right. And to pray for. Yeah. No, we still, at the end of the day, we still have to, despite our political, our political differences, we still need to subscribe to the same Catholic faith. And I think that's, this is how American politics is dividing the church in America is that it's suggesting that it's okay to be Catholic and pro-choice and also be Catholic and pro-life. It's not, it's absolutely not. Mm -hmm. There is one position in the Catholic church It's pro-life. It's the protection of human life from the, um, from conception to natural death. That's right. Across the board. You know? Um, and, and, and by the way, some so there's of the positions... You can't be, you can't be Catholic and pro-choice. You can't be a pro-choice Catholic. You can't. That but, is not Catholic. That is not Catholic. You can't, you can't say, oh, I'm Catholic and pro-choice. No. Those are, those are, those are self-negating. Right. Right. But, but, but to be pro-life though, across the board. Yeah. You have to, of course, you know, we start with the preeminent value, which is life at conception, because if you don't have that, you have nothing else. And that right. was, that's mother Teresa's, you know, uh, spiritual advice. And, and she's right. That's, that's age old wisdom of the church. But then after that, of course, yeah, no, okay. Then you value life at every stage. Right. right? And in every situation, I mean, and right. that is the Catholic ethic. That's the ethic I was raised with by very Catholic parents. Right. Like, and they weren't saints, but they were, uh, really good about passing on the faith mm-hmm. in its most, uh, integral form, which was respect all people, regardless right. of who they are. Don't, you know, even if they're different than you, well, the elderly, and, because you know, there's a push for uh, euthanasia. Yeah, so totally. we have to, if we're going to be pro-life, we have to be, we have to denounce euthanasia, which Absolutely. is, you know, being uh, promoted by, by the way, by the same people who are pro-choice. Right. Oh yeah. No, it's totally. the same people. Yeah. They think they're being, they're doing well, but I mean, it's, of course it's deception of the devil, right? Of course. It's, it's, it's the deception demonic. of the evil one. And of course the devil's not going to trick us with very obvious like he's not going to just, you know, that's not how he's, <laughs> he's not going to trick us with very obvious mm-hmm. trickery, right? Well, doesn't the it whole idea an angel of, of the, the whole idea of trickery is that it's deceptive, that it looks good. And that was St. Thomas's, you know, uh, part of St. Thomas's writings that evil will approach us and appear to us as good. So it's important to have spiritual directors and people you trust speaking into your life about the things that you think could be, and also follow your conscience and your gut. Something looks good. Right. Uh, you know, and, and has all the appearances of good, um, in any manner of speaking, but then you have a hunch that maybe something's wrong with it. Then you might want to talk to somebody about that and find out, you know, if that's true. Like for instance, you know, somebody, you know, there's lots of arguments that are, you know, let's say for abortion, just take an extreme example. There's lots of arguments for abortion that, that sound like they are motivated by good motives, right? Like it's going to improve the life of this woman who has this baby. If she gets rid of the baby, it's going to, it's going to prevent the baby from living a life that it wouldn't want to have if it had to choose. It's good. You know, all these good things, quote unquote, that someone could legitimately see and think, oh yeah, well that's good. Well, never mind all the dark evil parts behind that, which is, um, first of all, none of those things end up being true whenever you have an abortion, but the very, very first one, which is you, in order to get those quote unquote good things, you have to kill a human being that God created mm-hmm. and that, you know, like there's, there's you, the ends don't justify the means ever. Well, you know, I was sad to hear that Stevie Nicks the other day said that uh, 
if not for her abortion, there would be no Fleetwood Mac. That's sad. Because if she had her baby, then she would have been a mom and no. she would not have been able to, you know, be in a, a part of a band. And I mean, that's that's just tragic right there. That's, that's, that's tragic. Well, that's and I, so, that is so selfish. When I saw I saw the uh, I saw the meme that on the Internet that counteract or countered that. And mm-hmm. and it was the meme with the picture of Amy Coney Barrett, the Supreme Court mm-hmm. uh, nominee who is bound to be. Um, yeah. Who's bound to be verified Who or whatever. We love and pray for. She's going to be nominated. Not nominated. She's going to be, what do you call that? Confirmed. Confirmed. And she didn't have an abortion. She, In fact, she has a biological and adopted kids. Mm-hmm. And she has made it to the highest office in her field. That's right. That she could ever obtain. Mm-hmm. All right. That's right. So. And she, right. That's amazing. She's going to be a Supreme Court justice. Most likely, I would say almost positively. Yeah. And she has seven children. Yeah. And a husband. Yeah, exactly. And the kids are probably playing sports and they're yeah. involved in their church and she yeah. finds time to do it. Absolutely. Seven children. That's it, man. Like, yeah. so, yeah. So I think that that uh, myth busted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you ever see that show? Yeah. Myth Busters. Yeah. Myth busted. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, so speaking of good things going on in the church mm-hmm. and uh, in these crazy times, I mm-hmm. saw also on the internet, I saw... Um, there was a priest named Father David Palmer mm-hmm. from Wales. Mm-hmm. That's in the British Isles, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, he was—he's from Wales. He's a priest there, and he says that his country has decided to close the churches again. So he's decided to close all the houses of worship, including mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. And this Roman Catholic priest says, "I will be arrested before I deny the sacraments to the people of God again." Good for him. And I repent for having backed down before. Eternal life comes before this life in our faith or our faith means nothing. And I think what's so impressive about this witness is that here's this guy, you know, right or wrong, disagree with him, whatever, agree with him. He's been forced to do some self-reflection during this time and he's decided to make this stand. And I think you can't go wrong when you make a stand like that. When you make a stand for God, when you make a stand for the Lord, for the faith that you profess, you can't go wrong when you make, when you make that kind of noble stand. Some people say, well, you know, it's more than just the faith. It's about the virus and it's about, you know, and all this stuff. And yeah, I get that, but you got to respect the fact this guy's saying that. And I think he's right. I think that there have to be people like him that stand in the gap and say, eternal life is more important than physical life. And I think almost get this hunch that if we all begin to admit that in our own lives, mm-hmm. that maybe our physical lives will actually get better yeah. <laughs> because we're honoring the Lord. That's right. The one who gives us life. And if we put the authority for life back into the hands of, of the Lord, of the well, creator, then maybe God will just take care of us. Well, look, Jesus died on the cross, not to give us a better life here. Yeah. But to give us eternal life. Not to mention. Because gotta, our life here yeah. ends. It's very short. 60, 70, 80 years, maybe if we're lucky. Something's going to kill us eventually. Okay. So there's eternal life. It's all about eternal life. Yeah. It right? is. It absolutely is. And I think. If I know, want a better life here, then I'm going to go, you know, I'll go invest my money, get rich and buy totally. a big house. And, yeah. But no, it's. And even that, everything is taken away. Yeah. At so it's all about. It's all about eternal life. It's the. It's the parable of the. Of the. Is he a farmer? 
what was he a rich man stored all his grain yeah, that was just stored, we just had we just had that reading this week stored all his grain stored all his grain and said and he sat back he said well he said i have so much i just don't have enough room yeah. to store it so he built bigger barns and more barns and he stored everything and then he sat back and said yeah. everything's great now it's time to drink and eat and be merry and rest up and then the lord god said in the middle of the night you fool mm-hmm. you fool that's right your life will be you know, taken from you this very night, and uh, what have you done? You know, so yeah. Look, it's all about eternal life. That's it. Uh, and um, you know, because if if you're, and that's if for you the end all be all of your existence is this life, well then that's lame. Because guess what? Maybe you're lucky and you'll get seventy or eighty years. That's a big maybe. But then it comes to a close, and then what do you have? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so eternity. Versus, and think about eternity, think about the 80 years of this life compared to eternity. What does that mean, eternity? You know? The, right. the eternity. That's a long time. It's a forever time. It's yeah. a never-ending time. You know, think about this. The first billion years of eternity is but the first two seconds. Well, the first, how can he say this? Like how? the first... Are you trying to figure out a mathematical formula right know, now? No, I'm just like <laughs> saying, you know. So it's like the first... Is only the two, it's like two seconds of eternity compared, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, no, like, does that make like sense? in perspective, um, pers- in perspective, like what will be, you know, a billion years in eternity will be like a second on the earth. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, because there's two different time structures. Um, and uh, speaking and we of look eternity, forward to that. Speaking of eternity, is Will ever going to get here? <laughs> he might not. He might not make it before we end this podcast. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, I'm sure whatever he's up to, it's important. So, um, okay. So moving right along, um, also wanted to mention a, um, a little comedy bit that I heard this week that I thought was pretty Mm -hmm. clever and encouraging during times Mm -hmm. like these. Cause I think any bit of encouragement we can get during times like these, the the better it is. And, uh, this little comedy bit was, um, was talking about this particular comedian, um, actually not anybody I'd ever heard of before. So not quite famous just yet, but, uh, he was saying, um, in his comedy bit that, that he has a neighbor who is a lady and she always dresses in pink from head to toe. And every uh, day that she comes out and gets her mail, walks a dog, whatever. Mm-hmm. She always comes out of her house in this bright pink outfit. Mm-hmm. She obviously not the same one, but you know, mm-hmm. she has so much pink in her wardrobe that she insists on wearing pink every day. Well, his kids apparently just flip out every time they see her outside of her house in her pink outfit. Love it. They just love it. They come running out, you know, come and find their parents, mom, dad, pink lady. She's out there again. And, uh, and so it's become quite a big thing, you know, and to the point where this comedian was reflecting on the fact that if there was somebody more famous, you know, like some basketball player or football star or pop singer or whatever, they wouldn't even take note of it. They wouldn't care because all they care about is seeing the pink lady, pink lady, right? And his point was that any one of us can be that special and that important to people around us. And granted, like, you know, I don't know, maybe it brings some delight to their lives as children. Maybe it, uh, maybe it, I don't know, kind of shows them what it is to be a unique person in the world, you know, cause not everybody get, you know, walks out of their house dressed in pink head to toe every day. So his point, which I thought was very encouraging, is that even in times, I would say even like this, that um, 
we don't have to do anything super, super special. We don't have to be super extraordinary, right, to make an impact in the lives of people today. Whether it's uh, the children, whether it's coworkers, whether it's friends, family, um, people who go with us to church, we just have to be ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and that is by God's grace, the way by mm -hmm. which we'll inspire others. Well, God created you to be you, not somebody else. Yeah. And be you, be you to the, you know, yeah, to the full I, extent. Yeah. Don't try and don't mitigate who you are, you know, based on what other people want you to be or need you to be or whatever, but be who you are according to God's good purpose and design. You know, I wear black every day and people pay no attention <laughs> because they expect you to. I don't think they expected this lady to wear pink every day. I don't think there's anything that she, you know, the part of her profession or whatever that demanded that she wear pink. But now let me ask I thought that you was this. an E story. Don't, let yeah. me ask you this. Don't you think like the, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, celebrities and their, you know, political stuff. I mean, who cares? Yeah, it's getting a little out of control. I stopped. Care? I stopped listening to them a long time ago. And, it, you know, it's funny. We talked about spiritual oppression before. Um, about this particular time in history and and how that's probably affecting a lot of people. I think on a grand scale, I, th I I'm in I'm in the impression that just as much as the Holy Spirit can affect us on a grand scale throughout the church, mm -hmm. right? The Holy Spirit can move multiple, excuse me, multiple people at the same time around the world. Mm -hmm. I think the evil forces can do the same thing. They can affect um, a lot of people at the same time, and I'm seeing that among this secularized de decrepit godless mm -hmm. uh, celebrity culture oh, yeah i see it happening i see many of these celebrities famous people etc going like political people even going off the deep end like well you're looking at what they're doing and saying and you're thinking to yourself is this coming from them because this seems almost coming from like a supernatural source i agree and it's not good i agree it's not good. Absolutely Just, agree. And I've seen some like scary stuff, like like yeah. weird stuff, like well, the one with the comedian holding Trump's head up, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, that was severed yeah, head. Yeah, that I forget one. her God, name. I forget her redheaded comedian. Yeah, she's not even funny. So-called comedian. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah no. But you yeah, know that what? was a while even, ago. But yeah, you're right. There's a, like whether it's making some kind of obvious political statement or just like look like they're going off the deep end. Look, but even if you don't like the person, you don't do that. No. You just don't do that. No, absolutely Even not. if you, you just cannot stand that person, you don't do that. There's a limit. You know what I mean? There's a so, limit. I think, I think we've, gotten, we've gotten off the rails when it comes to, um, we have to remember there's a certain level of decorum that we must maintain for the sake of just showing that other humans have dignity, mm -hmm. right? But when you look, when you're all for the termination the killing of humans at the most innocent stage of human life mm -hmm. conception mm -hmm. or those nine months inside the womb. Right. Not to keep, you know, harping on this issue, but like if you're, if you're okay with eliminating humans then at that point, goes. then why wouldn't you be okay with eliminating humans at other points of life? That's right. It's a consistent ethic. You've got to, you got to stay. That's just a philosophical concept really. I you agree. Know, when it comes down to it, you got to maintain that consistent ethic. So what else is going on? Well, I got this uh, letter from, um, uh, so remember the guy in, uh, Boston, Ted yeah. Coville. Yeah. Ted shout out to Ted sent us another letter. How's Ted doing? Well, I'll just, you want me to read? Uh, sure. As long he as says, it's good. Yeah. He starts it out <laughs> by saying, hi guys. Hey, Ted, I hope you're doing well, uh, during this fall season, which we not having much of one. We don't have much of a fall here. 92 it's, degrees. It's you know? really hot. It's like a long summer. And then it's I'll crazy. bet you what, you know, what's going to happen is one weekend. It's going to be perfect fall. And then Monday, that, that coming Monday. It'll be snow and freezing temperatures. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, maybe. 
But we need we need rain. We could use water. Man, we're we not going to get it. La Nina, by the way, they're predicting yeah, a, a dry so. a dry La Nina. Now we have two new fires in New Mexico. Oh, not good. So what did Ted uh, have to say? So he said, I wanted to reach out to express my appreciation of Father Scott's analysis of the gospel for October 11th. Thank you very much. I have heard that reading many times, but have never understood the reference to the wedding garment and why the person was thrown out. In all my years as a Catholic, one year less than Father Scott, I have never heard, I nev- I have never heard, that is the explanation that Father Scott gave, and it makes a lot of sense. While listening, I envisioned Father Scott showing up to the wedding in his Led Zeppelin 1977 North American Tour t-shirt and getting thrown out the door. <laughs> Is this guy a shill? Is he just some dude that you put to, up to this? No, no, no. Uh, an observation from this week's podcast. I always wondered why Father Scott would start the podcast before Tony and Will showed up. I thought that Father Scott was just being impatient, but I learned that Tony and Will are always late. I would do the same thing. Thank you. Hold on. Hard stop, Ted. Yep. Yeah, and the fall Hard colors. Hard stop, Ted. And then he goes on to say the fall colors uh, are in their peak form this week and quite beautiful. Yeah, that's it. You know, up there in the you know in where Massachusetts, mm-hmm. the trees, it's just beautiful. Oh, I'll bet it is. There you go. Thanks, Ted. I'd love to see that. Now, by the way, Ted, just a little background mm-hmm. here, bro. Mm-hmm. I heard, did I hear Tony? Don't believe, don't believe. Or did I hear Will come in? No. Don't believe everything you, that Father Scott says when he has the portion of the podcast to himself. What? What did I say? I just preached on the gospel. And told everybody that Will and Tony are always late. No, but we all know that. <laughs> That's not true. Okay. Okay. We start. I would be here. You you have to admit, I would be here, for instance. We're, we're, we if, started at 730. I was supposed to at time at 810. Where's Will? <laughs> well, I'm not defending him. He can defend himself. Okay. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, either way. But he gets it off at five, see, and he's got to he's well, okay, get ready. No, the, okay, the other piece that's probably it more poignant. It takes him that long to comb his hair. Ted was suggesting that you, his first hunch about you being impatient was not true. But mm-hmm. we all have to admit, there's kind of a combination of things happening here. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of impatience. There's a little bit of lateness. It, it's kind of the perfect well, storm. Well, I'm it's, in, it's the perfect I'm, storm. I'm impatient because you guys are always prepared. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a perfect storm, <laughs> perfect storm. Well, that's great. I always good to hear from people. And if if any of you who are listening um, haven't ever written us a comment or a question or invited us to uh, go out and have a smoke together, then please do. We'd love to hear from you, and um, you can do that through all the yeah. you know social media platforms that everybody uses, like the Instagrams and I think the Twitters. I don't know. Hey, do you know anything? Uh, just to switch gears, you know anything about these German bishops? I think they're, they're, have you read anything about that? The German bishops? Uh, the Pope well, is all concerned. You mean the fact that the bishop, there are some bishops who are German? Yeah, that's I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, no, you know what the, the latest, the latest, uh, basic, so you do know about it. Yeah, of course I know about it. I know I, I pay attention to what goes on in the church. That I was a terrible to, segue, by the way. It was a Ted, terrible segue. I, I, Ted I, to this, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 my apologies. Well, that's okay. Just now, a terrible segue. Well, I think you, you, at your age, you want to do things before you forget them. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what, that's all. What's, that's all. all that's right, so what are we talking? Indonesian. Bishops? So we're talking about the German bishops oh, yeah, German. and the fact that they are causing concern in the church. And and just a, a quick um, a quick overview of what's happening is the German bishops as a council. So this whole concept of of councils of bishops according to nations or nationality is actually pretty recent. Um, even the American Council of Catholic Bishops is only. 
Yeah. Say about 150 years old. 100 years old? Mm-hmm. Maybe 100, not, 100, 120 very, years old. Not it's not, old. It's in fact, I'd say 100 years old because it was the, the, the original council was called together uh, as the National War Council of Catholic Bishops. So it was during the, either the First or Second World War that these bishops came together as a council to have a unified voice in a time that was obviously going to be very traumatic for the whole world, the world wars. And then it developed and stuck around after the wars were over to become the United States Catholic or Conference of Catholic Bishops. Well, at the same time throughout the world, there were other councils of bishops and various nations getting together so they could unify their voices for their particular um, concerns and whatnot as in their particular regions. Well, so, oh no, do we have a locked door? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Why did you lock the door? I didn't lock the door. You were the last one in. Did I accidentally lock the door? Okay, well, go ahead. I'll, yeah, let me, uh, here, I'll go check. You, um, um, I'm, I was just getting ready to tell something significant. You want me to get the door? Okay, I'll you go. tell, and then I'll go get the door. Okay. Well, go ahead. So, so then, but my point was that there are a number of councils of Catholic bishops that came together, according to their nations, and that wasn't something that, that uh, withstands the test of time throughout tradition. It's something that is a more recent innovation in the church. Some have pointed out the benefits of that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and others have pointed out the downfalls of that thing. And, and some of the downfalls would be that those councils, those national councils would be starting to see themselves as a unique situation or a unique position to, um, like overrule maybe. Well, to, or- to establish what kind of Catholicism is going to be in they the region to have in their nation or in their region. And that's been happening more, but obviously, me, isn't it? Aren't we universal church? We're supposed Catholic, to be universal, right? So, yeah, I think that's one of the great weaknesses of the of the concept of council of bishops. Well, in Germany, we're seeing some of the bad sides of that. The German bishops are getting together and and agreeing with each other, or at least in a majority, um, agreeing that the kind of Catholicism they want to support um, supports things that have never been part of our tradition as a church. Well, morally speaking, um, amongst other things, morally, theologically, etc. Mm-hmm. And of course, Pope Francis is taking note of this and supposedly um, is very Pope, concerned. Pope Francis is concerned about the direction that the German bishops are going as a council. And I think ultimately what's happening is it's pointing out the weaknesses of this concept of council of bishops or national councils of bishops. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of seeing themselves as a unique, decisive body within the church that establishes doctrine and, you know, whether it's moral or theological, they're establishing doctrine, which is in conflict with the universal church. Just like you said, mm-hmm. that's a problem because we're Catholic universal. Catholicos okay. Greek. Yeah, hey, right. guess who just showed up? Yeah. And uh, so since this is bad segue night, it's bad segue night. So, Hey, Will's here. Hello. <laughs> hey, Everybody. Will, how's it going, man? <laughs> made it. Good to see you. Glad you made did it. make it. Yep. Yeah. You, well, you made it. Um, you made it in time for the podcast, and of yeah. course, we're looking forward to being together after the podcast. Yeah. I think we always we tell our listeners that we usually have a smoke after the, the podcast yeah. is over. That's yeah. part of our little deal. And so we're glad you're here for... Well, I, I have both. to say, um, as, as nice as it is being my routine, showing up uh, late every week, Yeah, uh, I do I do miss being here, and it's fun being here for the full show. So it, it honestly is, it, it's my bad. I had a Spanish class today. I'm learning... Um, Habla Espanol. Espanol. Oh, what time, what, time did you, what time did you get done with your Spanish? Six. Six? Okay, six. so it's 8.30 <laughs> now. And then, wait, but so late? six. But then, uh, so I, then I cooked myself dinner. 
all from scratch. I don't, unlike some people on this podcast, uh, true. I don't have a housekeeper who cooks me food all the time. So, Why can't uh, <laughs> you just go get a sandwich? Son? So, because uh, I, 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 you know, well, that's a whole nother story. So I cook myself dinner. I clean the kitchen and then I hopped on the road by 7.15 and it took me 40 or 40 minutes solid to get it takes here. takes a while for him to get here. That's for so. sure. That's my story. Sticking to it. But uh, anyway, nonetheless, it. glad to be here for the last uh, 15 minutes of the Bravo, podcast. We're glad so. you're here too. Yeah. We're glad you're here too. Yeah. We were just talking about, well, we were talking about a lot of things because tonight is bad segue night. Yeah, we just went. I mean, it's bad. We've been all segue. over the place. Been We've been all, all over the, place, the highway. But, but it's Sweet. been good. Like we did read, um, we, we read a, a little email from Ted again from Boston. From so yeah. Boston. Yeah. Shout out to Ted. And, yeah. um, and uh, he was impressed. He was just mentioning that he was impressed with Father's analyses of the gospel. Yeah. As of late, because the father does those on his own now. Yep. And then um, and then we talked about uh, David, uh, the comedian David uh, W., who um, mentioned the pink lady and how you can be somebody's pink lady. Uh, remember that story he was telling? Uh, you heard the same bit yeah. as I heard. Yeah. Um, it was all about just, you know, being who you are, being special just because you are who you are. And then people will take note of you. You don't have to be like some kind of superstar in this day and age. Although there are superstars, and if you are a superstar, you got to be careful because you're probably under attack by the evil one right now. Yeah. Going crazy. That's right. Right? Going crazy, supporting all kinds of evil, political, and mm-hmm. moralistic. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things. Well, we were we brought up <laughs> Stevie Nicks, who said, thanks. Not to mention. She says, thank God I had an abortion. If I did, oh, then yeah. there would be no yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. That's a very sad statement. Well, and they're, you know, the, probably the most frustrating thing is that they're using their celebrity to lead people astray. And our Lord had very strong words about That's right. um, leading people astray. And, be, how, right. and and this is one of the things that has caused me concern or at least personal like reflection. Um, it, it gives me pause um, whether I'm in the public realm or not, like to even speak up too much. Like, yeah, I want to speak up for the truth, but I don't want to be like a windbag. I don't want to no. be, I don't want to be just constantly sharing all my opinions because some of them may not be so good. Yeah, you don't want to come across as a person who's just, you know, browbeater, just beating people down all the time. Well, never mind the fact that I might just be wrong on something. I know it's, yeah. I know it's kind of hard to conceive. Yeah, it is, especially for yeah, you. Yeah, but if it, but if you're, if you're coming at it from the the teachings of the church, you can't go wrong. No, you got to stick to the teach the church. Yeah. But how often do we like, I don't know, in the heat of the moment, or just yeah. like blabbing yeah. or shooting the bull like do we say something it's like oh man i wish i wouldn't have said that because that's probably not true yeah (laughs) i mean uh, i I was just thinking about um like byzantine icons kind mm -hmm. of the wisdom you know i mean if you look at a byzantine icon they look a little disproportionate right they're not uh uh, they're not very stylized like some of the renaissance paintings they look kind of funny they got big foreheads long noses big eyes small chins right like just kind of funky proportions yeah but there is a theology behind it right and so what i was thinking about when you were mentioning that is uh is the Byzantine icon, the mouth is the, is I think one of the smallest features mm. of the face, mm. right? Is because, so eyes represent wisdom and then it's, they, they represent wisdom. They have wisdom. They have knowledge and divine understanding. However, they speak only when necessary, right? Hmm. The famous rules of the, uh, I know different... God, if we could only learn yeah. that, then we wouldn't have <laughs> as, a podcast. We're here blabbing on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. we'd, we'd have no podcast, <laughs> but the, um, you know, yeah, right? I was just reading actually. So last week, or was it last week was St. Teresa's feast day, St. Teresa of Avila. Uh-huh. So I was reading about some of the traditional, uh, Carmelite orders. And so, um, you know, and this is true for a lot of traditional monastic communities that, idle speech, anything that's speech speaking, not of higher things and improving your spiritual life was totally forbidden. But I, 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 I'm so into that. I'm, I agree. 
You're into you? it. <laughs> into it how? No, like no, into it no, like no, into, into it, it like you like you watch television and you're no. into that show or no, no. into it as in I totally agree with it and I would love to practice it but it's like for me almost impossible. <laughs> all right, there's some truth being spoken there. I'm you sure. No, we're all saying? Like, well, we're all like yeah. that though. I mean like I mean I you... wish I could learn to shut my mouth when I need to cuz sometimes especially when I get wound up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know what well, I mean. Well, and is, isn't it isn't it easy when you're in conversation with I don't know even people? Yeah, it's so easy to slip over into speech well, that's not necessary. Isn't it like gossip though? Yeah. And you know, it's funny when you're gossiping, and you're you know that voice inside of you says, and you've got some good dirt, right? And that voice inside of you says, say nothing. Yeah. And then you just ignore that you voice. You blurt it out. Yeah. Well, I think there's a balance because I also think that it, that that sometimes the church, like in the church, we think because of that, maybe because of that spiritual concept, we were afraid to share any details or any information, right? Mm-hmm. And that can actually backfire on us too, right? Like say, like to take our earlier example, if there are people who are hurting or have issues in our in our church community. And, and we might think to ourselves, well, we don't want to offend them by not bringing it up, by not mentioning it. We don't want to tell anybody about this situation that we know is going on and it's a bad situation. Somebody ought to intervene, but we're not going to bring it up because we don't want to gossip. Well, that can be a backfiring situation mm-hmm. where if you don't say something, then whatever's going on that's not good mm-hmm. can actually fester and get worse. Mm-hmm. So like, there has to be like a balance between... Not sharing what we shouldn't share, but yet sharing what we ought to share, right? And that's not just right. the good news of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's it's blowing the whistle. Sometimes that's bringing the dark into the light. Yeah, but if you can do it in such a way as not to cause harm to any person. Sure, absolutely. You know, here's the situation. But you know what happens is we it it turns into a bashing of a person or or a group of people, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, we got to be careful about that, yeah. for sure. And it, and it is the golden rule, right? How, what would you like to have done for mm-hmm. you in that situation? And, and you have to be honest. You have to be you have to be truthful and you have to be just. Yeah. You know, just because you'd like to skip Judgment Day doesn't mean that's mm-hmm. that's the most just thing to have happen. I mean, we, you know, I'm thinking of multiple different types of examples here, so that's why I'm being very ambiguous in my. Well, I mean, I, I was just thinking about you know. What is it that, that we hear in sacred scripture, right? I mean, Jesus says it himself, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he sins, if he listens to you, you have won over your brother, right? So that should always be our first approach. If your friend is having problems, approach it to them alone. Try and deal with it. Nip it in the bud. Don't let this thing fester, as Tony's saying, right? Secondary option. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every Mm -hmm. fact may be established on the testimony of those two or three witnesses. If he still refuses to listen to them, tell the church. And then, of course, if he refuses to listen to the church, treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. So we have, I mean, we have a great formula there, right? It's, it's divine accountability, so Mm. to speak. Right. Mm. Right. And so by the way, you know, if let's say I'm wronged, let's say will wrongs me. Mm -hmm. So I have a choice. I can go to Tony and, and just bash on will all night. That SO, you know, (laughs) that guy's an A, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Or, my other choice, which would be the right thing to do, is confront Will and say, listen, I want to talk to you about something yeah. and then work it out. Yeah. Right. That's the correct. And that's the courageous mm-hmm. thing to do. Well, and some of the most fulfilling, I think, 
reflections in my own life have been those those examples you know because sometimes you know i mean i think especially not i don't know i mean speaking obviously from a male perspective but uh but you know sometimes you know guys can get competitive and things like that kind of growing up and through high school into college and and, you know sometimes you get kind of that beef with somebody going on right but some of the best times for me was was addressing that and saying like hey this is weird you know i don't know why this is weird now and just kind of letting all that stuff air out i think it is important right um you know we're as a part of the body of Christ, and we hear this as well, right? If, uh, if um, you know, um, what is it? A, a hand is not a foot, and this kind of thing from St. Paul. Mm. You know, it's important to kind of keep all the body parts in check in the body of Christ, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to have a limp, <laughs> and we're going to have that limp yeah. for yep. for the duration. Yeah, mm-hmm. well said. Hey, so um, now, a bad, since it's bag segue night, yeah. do we have a it's, cigar review? Oh, it's bag segue night? No, now? it's bad. <laughs> oh, bag. Okay, bag Not segue. Bag. Bag hey, segue. actually, I bag. do have a cigar review. Do you? Absolutely. Okay. What is it? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I do remember. I had two no great. I had show? two great cigars. This is like the most no, like no uh, game unpro- show. We're no, so no. We're well, just you're so- the you're in charge of the game shows. Don't yeah. be blaming that on us, dude. You know hey, what? I, I'm I've sorry, got, but I've I had got, a nap. I had a nap this afternoon. You took a nap, and everything went away from your brain. Yeah. Hey, so I just want to mention again that 2020 Avo that I smoked mm-hmm. a couple weeks. ago. I'm yeah. still thinking about it. I'm gonna really? go. I'm gonna go get me another one and really? see if it's as good as the first time because it it really was good. Now, since then, I have also tried mm-hmm. a diesel. Mm-hmm brand oh. diesel brand yeah. i think father They're james great. marshall likes diesel. diesels are the bomb so i got a diesel brand bourbon barrel aged oh my god and it was delicious wow. it was such a great smoke and i can't tell you like it just it was good it was it really had a it was able to hold a lot of moisture like i had it for geez at least a week had maybe two weeks i hadn't smoked it and it held its moisture to the day that i actually got to smoke it which was just a couple of days ago Good from start to finish. Awesome cigar. Smoke it again. And then, quick little vignette. I ended up picking up a Macanudo Portofino. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tubo, meaning it comes in a small, skinny white tube. It's about, I don't know, six inches. And then it's got like, I don't know, it's not even half inch mm-hmm. across. So I don't know what ring gauge. It might be like a 20, something like that. And mm-hmm. it's pretty tiny. So it's a, it's a, it's a little, um, it's a tiny little cigar. The reason I picked it was... It was one of the first legitimate cigars I ever smoked back in college. Some buddies of mine knew more about cigars than I did, and they picked up some Macanudo Portofinos. So I smoked it way back then, and I, you know, it was one of those deals where I got to the end of it and felt like I was going to be sick, but I, you know, faked it so that my buddies didn't make fun of me. Well, I smoked it the other night, and it was actually a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a, is it not the kind of cigar that I usually uh, smoke as far as you know size, ring gauge, or whatever? But it had, had a lot of good uh, flavor notes to it. So the Macanudo back to that. Right. Cause a lot of times you hear these kind of horror stories. Like, I mean, you know, you think about people who are like, Oh, and I can't drink tequila because one time in college I had tequila. No, I have that. I have that story actually. (laughs) But yeah. uh (laughs) But this, this is different. This is different. The, I went back to the, um, well, what I realized about the tequila story was that I was drinking the wrong kind of tequila back in the day. And that's why it made me sick. So I drink the good stuff now and I'm Mm -hmm. fine. Uh, but, uh, but and the on, quantities, of course, <laughs> matter. <laughs> well, you build up tolerances, you know, in both things. So no, with the Portofino, um, I guess, yeah, it was, it was at least in my mind, iconic of like an actual, cause every, like up to that point yeah. back in college when I smoked my, the, that Portofino, the first legitimate cigar with, I was only smoking like Swisher sweets yeah. and those kinds of things, oh. Dutch masters and like <laughs> just stuff that, you know, you can find at the dime store. And, um, you know, so anyway, 
yeah, I was able to smoke another Portofino uh, just, I think it was yesterday, day before, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Good. Well, yeah. it, okay, look, tangent, question for both of you guys, trivia. Have uh, have either of you ever actually been sick from a cigar in your life? Yes. Oh, absolutely. In fact, absolutely. shout yeah. out to uh, uh, the Britos. I know we've mentioned them here before, but Art Brito and myself and actually my godson's father, Joe, we were sitting around the table the other night talking about a, a local event that used to take place. And I don't know if it still does. It's called the 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 tea and the the cigar tea at St. James Tea Room. I don't know if they still do a cigar yeah, tea. Yeah. We were all talking about how we either that night after four cigars and multiple <sighs> rounds of hot tea and crumpets and so forth. I mean, it was a very fancy night. You have to understand, but you know there were cigars involved, so we felt like it was four manly. Cigars. After four cigars, all of us went home and either got sick or felt drunk. <laughs> And it was just from the tobacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No booze is served at those events, just from the tobacco. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, oh my goodness. That must have taken you like, like that what, was 14 a, hours? That was a bad night. When, good night, but then also bad night. Um, Your mouth is just... Cause, well, we just felt... Then? I think yeah. all of us were talking and telling stories about how we, we, like, we were just loopy. And the time we got home um, to our respective homes, we, we kind of felt sick. And like, I never got sick that night, but I did feel like I could have gotten sick. Um, what was your question about if you've gotten sick off a cigar? Yeah. Yeah. Well, have. no, I mean like the other guy, there was another question in there. I, I missed, I apologize, but yeah. So that was I don't the know. Only I, have I, have I actually gotten sick from, I mean, other than feeling sick, have I gotten sick, sick, like puke sick? Yeah. I don't know that I have. Yeah. Okay. All you? right. What about you? Oh yeah. Okay. Tell us. Tell us. Okay. The story. So there's a, uh, former United States Senator, a very powerful man in Washington. Uh oh, this is getting weird. Very well known <laughs> man. He's passed away now, but okay. he turned my friends and I on to some Cubans. Okay. I think this I know was this, in, is. this was in, uh, this was in, uh, Connecticut. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, beautiful night, full moon, little clouds passing by the moon. So where we spark up these Cubans that he brought, you know, and uh, like halfway through, I look up and I kind of notice that the moon was pulsating and the <laughs> clouds were green and I didn't feel so good. And I had to excuse myself and I went into the restroom and I threw up Wow! for the next, I don't know, hour. Oh my. <laughs> wow. True story. And now you could go through like a whole box of cigars and not feel a not thing. Not feel a huh? thing, you know, because so. I'm glad that happened because that like, you know, that, that helped me. That built up my immunity, barrier, yeah. <laughs> you know, as I'm now I'm immune, you know, so how about you, Will? Um, What's your, I've, I've gotten, I've gotten super queasy from cigars before. I mean, I, it is funny, you know, cause you like anything else, you develop a tolerance with cigars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, back when I would early days start smoking cigars, I was doing a lot of the, like the Swisher sweets and gas station cigars and stuff. So, uh, I remember we bought, uh, I was with a buddy of ours. We bought these, um, these nice Romeo Julietas, you know, yeah. uh, I'm, I, maybe I was like 19 maybe at the time. So like, like just smoking age, got these Romeo Julietas, you know, not making any money. So when you buy a $10 cigar at the, at the shop, it's like a big deal. It's a big yeah. purchase. So we're oh, all yeah. excited. Go to my friend's uh, apartment and smoke these cigars and stuff. And I'll never forget standing up. And, um, you know, I, I hadn't touched a drink, um, you know, to that point in my right. life. And so I didn't even know what being drunk felt like, but I remember it was like my legs were noodles and I wanted wow. to fall over. But I, I don't think I ever, um, lost my lunch over a cigar, but I, I do remember feeling very, very huh. sick, like seasick. It's almost yeah. like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 
Well, to all those who are uh, novices and uh, getting into it for the first time and yeah. having some of these just keep persisting. Let's do it. Go, just get yourself sick, and then you're immune. <laughs> You'll and be then fine. You can, just smoke your it. first cigar with four nicotine patches, and you'll That's just right. develop a tolerance. So, uh, no, so it's just to encourage people to let you know that if it does happen, we hope it doesn't. But if it does happen, then um, oh, it will happen. Then yeah. just you know, then just accept it as part of life. Now, yeah. I will say this: um, same, same group of guys that I was with in, to regaling about these stories about the tea cigar tea um and one of them i think it was one of them that mentioned um that as i've told them since then even if it's a good cigar it's okay if you don't finish it yeah it's okay like there's no pressure like that's exactly what gets you sick yeah is when you're starting to feel it and you're not really you don't have and you try and finish it and then you just get worse and worse (laughs) and worse like it's okay you you take a couple puffs and you're like man you know what that it reminds me though it does remind me of a concept (laughs) you know of just appreciating not worrying so much about fulfilling some kind of requirement but just appreciating the experience yeah and and getting what you need out of it because everybody's different yeah 100 percent and uh in that same breath i'd like to give a shout out to our friend donald shannon <laughs> he got mad at me when i gave him the shout out the last time so might as well double down on it yeah but uh, poor so. dude we made him smoke t- two cigars this guy and he'll probably join us tonight too um yeah, he might be him, but, he might uh, be smoking cigars with i don't i don't know that i've ever seen him touch a cigar well there was there was, but, a, uh, there was a there was we had a, a seminarian once who uh I won't mention his name, but he smoked with us one day in the backyard or in the evening. And then he said, I got to go to the restroom. And like an hour and a half later, I'm like, where is our buddy? And I went over and there he's still in the bathroom. Oh, my goodness. Poor guy. You know, yeah, I tell you. Rough. uh, But you know what? You start. Here's how it works. Okay. You start out, you smoke like a quarter and the next time a half and then three quarters. And then you smoke the whole thing and you get through it and you're fine. Not the cigar. Not the same cigar. No, no. A different cigar yeah. oh, unless you're Unless it's a 7,000. Okay, so, <laughs> and then you smoke again, and then pretty soon you're you're up to like one a day, and then you're doing like two a day, and then eventually you're like <laughs> no. Father Marshall, and you're doing like 10 a day. No, yeah, no You're having your hard. early morning, and then your hard left turn. I don't think we should yeah. encourage that. So, Father Marshall has his like pre-lunch cigar, post-lunch cigar, yeah. pre-dinner. Mid oh no mid afternoon I can't blame him <laughs> yeah. I mean that, that that would be kind of a fun way to mark the day yeah yeah well, you, you get know, no work done but and that's... so uh, so I just 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 to, get, to give Donald double down on that shout out so he uh, so he's smoking cigars this took our picture and, and stuff for some headshots we we're doing for the podcast and uh, we're like oh let's have a cigar and we're done so he's sure I'll join you guys I had a cigar and it was good he would give him a good cigar and then it was a it was a long day. Yeah. We were all sitting around enjoying each other's company. So, oh, okay, we'll light up a second cigar, which is rare. I don't usually smoke two cigars in a day. Yeah. So, all right, let's do it. So, we all lit up a second cigar. He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, I feel a little lightheaded after that one. And Donald, don't worry. It's going to be okay. Just trust We, we encouraged him? Just try- oh, yeah, we definitely oh, encouraged him. Oh, my goodness. Him for I don't remember this, Sure, we yeah. definitely encouraged him. It's, oh, okay, all right, final. And then probably, like, uh, after that first quarter of that second cigar, he just goes to quiet. Like yeah. just quiet, and you know, like lean. He's leaning so far back into his chair, his head's like down where the butt of the chair is. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> kind of slumping a little bit. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, wasn't yeah. doing so. So, so how? What is the most cigars you've smoked in a day? Probably three, and it was with you <laughs> in yeah. in Colorado. In Colorado. Yep. yep. Really? Same and same. <laughs> I think me uh, me. It's probably been about six or seven. 
What? Well, you know, I play golf, first nine. I, <coughs> Dude, uh, that is like 12 no. hours. No, but listen, okay, so so I've, I've, I've done this before. I get up and I'll smoke a cigar with my coffee. I go play golf. Front nine, I'll have one. Second nine, I'll have one. And then after golf, I'll have with the drink, I'll have a cigar. And then after dinner, a couple cigars. So, yeah, probably six or seven. But, you know, I haven't had a cigar in like five weeks. You've been on a fast. I was noticing your teeth are looking whiter. Yeah. You're on a fast for the sake of our country and our church. Mm-hmm. And that's very I, you noble. know what's amazing? I can taste food again. It's really amazing. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. taste buds are coming back to life. Yeah. Huh. It's like those memes that you see with COVID where it's like nature is healing. It's going to mm-hmm. show the inside of your mouth. Nature is healing. Right. <laughs> exactly. It'll it'll actually look good. Yeah. So uh, should I do my cigar review? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you oh, did yeah. your job. No. no, thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, to be fair, I did derail myself. But um, so I... I Got this great smoking deal uh-huh. at uh, cigarbid.com. There it is. Mm-hmm. I got a 20 pack, 20 cigars. Um, it's the entire AJ Fernandez collection. So we've, we've talked about before how AJ Fernandez is a really popular roller. He, he rolls for a lot of different companies, uh, makes special blends, all this kind of stuff. So they sold this AJ Fernandez blend pack, 20 cigars with five different brands. <clears throat> of different cigars and from different companies that he rolls. So I smoked three of those so far. So by the way, I got it for 45 bucks. Pack nice. of 20. Wow. That's great. That's like $2 a cigar. So, um, so I've smoked the La Herencia, which we reviewed on the podcast before. Uh-huh. Fantastic. I know Tony had a problem with the burn the last time. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. Burned amazingly for me. Excellent cigar. I also smoked the diesel. So I got the diesel in there. There as you well. go. Just what kind of diesel um, was it? It's the uh, it's the uh, Diesel Rage. Okay. Diesel Rage. Got and a you white liked label it. On it. Fantastic. Although, so what was weird is that this, the way it burned, and I think it was just that one cigar, yeah. it started to shelf early on, so it started mm-hmm. to have one end burning quicker than the other. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed a pinhole through the middle of it, which Interesting. was very weird. I've never That's seen weird. that before. So right. that was- Keep that talking. Was, Okay, we'll yeah, keep, keep talking. Keep, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> you know, if you didn't say anything, we probably would have kept talking. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, all right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, shoot. <laughs> so yeah. So sorry had, I had to take care of some. That's why I said I got. All right, all right, all right. So I had the diesel rage, fantastic. Um, I'm interested to smoke a second one to see if it has that same kind of weird pinholing that it. Had. But you know, um, I noticed that like a lot of cigars, like the Padrones, if they start to have that runner thing, you know, yeah. where. And if you just wait long enough, it, it evens itself out. I, I, I read a trick about this that I'll talk about in a second. Um, and then finally I smoked, which I've reviewed before, the Ave Maria Divina, um, which is another So um, what's that fantastic. one cigar, the Rage? What is it called? Yeah, Diesel Rage. You know that's all the Rage? Hey, Padunch. So <laughs> about, yeah, the burn, <laughs> about the yeah, cigar burn. About the cigar burn. Yeah, the cigar burn. So, so this is a... Hot tip. Uh-huh. Okay. Hot tip. Yep. We're, we're, hot tip. Hey, we're burning to know. Right. <laughs> we are burning so, to know. So this thing, I, so I was reading, and I was like, okay, there's, there's, you know, I mean, we've all smoked cigars. We, we don't really look at manuals and how to do it anymore, but every now and then, it's refreshing to take a relook at the manual, right, or just how other people do it. Is so what this manual? cigar aficionado said in the magazine, Cigar Aficionado, said that what you need to do is so... So, you know, a lot of times you think about lighting a cigar like you do a pipe or a cigarette where you light the match or you light the lighter and uh, just kind of start sucking in right away and lighting the end of it and it just lights up, right? He says that the best thing to do is when you toast it. So you see people, they'll hold the cigar um, kind of like a pencil between their their pointer finger, their middle finger, and then their thumb and they'll kind of toast the end of it. Mm-hmm. They'll burn all the way around it. He says what that does when you toast it is it not only makes sure the tobacco is evenly lit on the top, on the foot of the cigar, mm-hmm. but that outer wrapper, if you notice... So the outer wrapper kind of sits and has the inner tobacco on the inside. Yeah. But once you, once you do that, it's kind of like 
uh, melting cellophane mm-hmm. where you see melting cellophane and it, it mm-hmm. wraps up whatever, you know, is underneath it. So that outer wrapper like cellophanes itself and sticks hmm. and burns more evenly. So that way, so a lot of the runners he was saying is that happens when, um, the inside tobacco. So the leaf or the filler tobacco starts burning quicker than the outer tobacco. And then it starts yeah, to get this. See, weird that's, kind of that takes effort. Too. And you know, I just like it to takes get about five seconds of effort. You know what I see. I like to get right to the cigar. You know, that's I like, I mean, I mean, extra time there, bro. <laughs> so anyway, so hey, so if you're if you're having problems with your cigar or are new to cigar smoking, toast the end of it. If you strike up a match, hold it like a pencil and just toast the end of it. Um, you know, and then if you have a torch lighter too, by the way, you don't need to shove the whole cigar in the torch lighter. Hold it a little bit, little ways off, mm-hmm. kind of toast it like a marshmallow, um, and you'll enjoy yeah. yourself quite a bit. Cool. Well, thank you for that. That's the longest cigar uh, review we've ever had. But That's a good true. one. Okay. Yeah, gotta, it even gotta, came with a helpful time. tip. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, edifying. Yeah, thank very. you. I'm edified. Thank very you. good. Very good. So, as long uh, as you're not petrified. Uh, huh. Petrified. He's getting old. Or mortified. <laughs> hey, uh, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, shall let's wrap it, up? wrap it up. I'm guessing it's about that time. Yeah, it is. All right. Maybe we'll have a game show next week. Hopefully. That would be fun. Keep things interesting. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Don't get past your COVID fatigue and yeah. come up with a game show. Do you have show. that? COVID oh, you know what? Fatigue? I've got yeah. I've got a McBee minute before we. Thought. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew we were stalling for some reason, yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was. Um, Not because we I've got a, a McBee minute. Okay, let's um, do it. And so here it is. It, we weren't able to do it last week because the McBee minute information came in uh, after we had already recorded. So here it is for this week. You ready? Mm-hmm. Questions for both of you: Work from home or home? From work. What? Work from home or home from work? Home from, play on words. Home from work. In other words, you get home after you've been working out. Home So would from you rather work. be work from home or would you rather be home from work? Home You know what? Normally work. I would say work from home, but I got to say during you've been this doing whole it. Uh, pandemic. <laughs> A lot. Lean in pretty heavily towards home from work because yeah. then when you get home, it's like the day's over. Yeah. Um, exactly. I've been working way overtime. Oh yeah, during this, totally. this thing. Because when you work yeah. and home are the same place, then there's no there's yeah. no off time really. What do you think, Father? Priests are famous for working all the time at any time. They're always on call. Mm-hmm. Work from home or home from work? Well, I, like I just got done saying twenty times. Uh, yeah, home from work. We weren't paying attention to you. Yeah. What was that? Home from work. All right, fair enough. Um, and I would probably say the home from work too. Yeah. I think it's better. I love coming home and then kick your shoes off. Yeah. And you have to have some distance between the two. Yeah. Now, what about when you grew up in an agri- agrarian society and you're like, you know, back a hundred years ago when the whole family would work the fields and the farm. And I think that would be a little different though. That would be great though. You come home and there's dinner making, you know, and. Uh, the whole but, well, my point together. is that, my point is though that you live on the farm i know but you're out in the field you're yeah, not in the house that's true good point okay ready three doors down or three dog night well being that i'm oh. so old three dog night i you know what i'm gonna say three dog night too because i really? saw them live my first concert Fun. ever i'm going with liar liar right well, no i was thinking of the other that other one one is the loneliest number that you ever see but two can be as bad as one. <laughs> it's oh the loneliest no. number. So make it stop. Somebody make it stop. stop. Three doors. I'm, I'm going to be the odd man out and say three doors down. Because I also saw them in a concert. I don't even know who they are. Yeah, well, they're a band. Okay. okay. Fall back or spring forward? 
Oh, well, you know what? I got to tell you, I think, okay, uh, spring forward, yep. but only by a nose. I like what? both. No. When it starts getting dark at 5 p.m., you're no, telling but, me you like that? No, because it's it's festive. It's Halloween. I like the fallback is the best because don't you don't you gain an hour? Or you, you lose know, an hour. So, yeah, for one day. Yeah, you gain an hour, but then for one perfect. day. But then the sun starts setting at five, Mister. You hate the cold or whatever. No, I love it though. I love fall. It's the I worst. love fall. It's the worst getting out of work. Fall back. And, and it's dark. dark outside. It's awful. Yeah, yeah but that's but, not the. That's not no, the but most it's, I start sundowning. But it's kind of festive. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I wish? <laughs> you know what I wish? I wish. Okay, we could have fall, and then you know we have winter. So it'd be like December, and then January, and then like say January, say fourth. Then all of a sudden it's spring, boom, spring. So yeah. it should be, yeah, January fourth, boom, yeah, spring, I I and then it's there. summer, right? Well, hey, basically you're the just, priest, so you better call the big man upstairs. And basically, just not having very much of a winter is what you're a fan of. <laughs> no, I love, I love Christmas season. I love all of it, but then after January, yeah. I'm finished. You want to get Enough. right back to spring? Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we live very close to Phoenix, which is a six-hour drive, so right. I can hop in my car. And absolutely right. Be there quick. Absolutely right. Yep. All right. All right. Well, that's the McBee Minute to wrap up the, that's this week's show. Wow, yep. that was good. Okay. Um, so, Will, tell us. Will, will yep. you? How is it that people can get in touch with us? You can email us, like the wonderful Ted did. Thank mm. you, thank you, Ted. Holysmokes at sjvnm.org is our email address. Send us some kind words. Doesn't matter if it's a hello, a how you doing, whatever. We'll, we'll be sure to give you a shout out on the podcast. Um also, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Holy Smokes Catholic there. Um, and hey, I've actually got a shout out to a good friend of ours who's, uh-huh. who said he devoutly listens all the time. Wow. Marcel Lucero Sr. Oh, yeah. Oh, the senior. What are you talking about, Marcel? I just had, what? I just really? had, I just had lunch with the junior. Really? Yeah. Man, that's awesome. How, how are they doing? Good? Yeah. Good, they, good you know, friends. The, the baby number three is on the oh, way. Oh, that's so awesome, man. Good, awesome family. I mean... No matter how you cut it, amazing mm-hmm. family. Uh, so we're super blessed for them. Yeah. Um, so thanks, guys, for listening. Okay, sjvnm.org is a place to go. That's our website. Say goodbye, Tony. Say goodbye, brother. Tony? Tony? Ooh. Hello? <laughs> Tony? Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I sound so... <laughs>